0: Was a, it was a good night last night, it was a, it's a bit wild, I, can't, I, can't, I have to admit I pulled up a bit rough this morning. As I came in, Pastor Adele was like, are you alright, are going to be okay? And I was like, let's just say I'm depending on the worship team to bring it, and good job guys, so thanks for that. Yeah, let's give them a big round of applause. Yeah, I've got the privilege of kicking off our Easter series, There Is Hope, and it's two weeks to Easter. Wow. Are you kidding? Wasn't it like just Christmas, <laughs> two weeks to Easter, and what we're actually going to do through this series is we're just sort of going to approach it from just the perspective of different people that are part of the part of the Easter story, and where uh, where I really want to take it from this morning is from the perspective of the disciples when Jesus was starting to talk to them about the fact that he needed to go to the cross, yeah. and and and. and one of the things I enjoy teaching about the disciples is it, so often it might as well just be talking about you and me. The crossover is so seamless. And, and I just want to I'm to read from Mark's gospel and I'm going to start at chapter 8. Now, just a tiny bit of context before I read this passage. Jesus had just had a the verse the the the, the verse before the verses before it was with Jesus was just having a conversation with his disciples and he asked them who do you who, who who do people say that I am and then he said who do you say that I am and then the apostle Peter he actually said you are the Messiah the Son of the Living God and it's not very clear whether this this next interaction was immediately after or whether it was uh, sort of a like a, a little bit later but. The fact that the scriptures have them next to each other shows that the Holy Spirit wanted this to be in in in, uh, in, in concert, the, the two thoughts to be par- to, to be aligned, and so we've got to understand we're coming off the idea that the disciples have just recognized that Jesus is the Messiah, they have just actually articulated it with their own words and processed that this man is the God is the God man this man is, is the God, king, creator. Or he, he's the one that they've been waiting for. So we've got this setting of this revelation that Jesus is not just a wise teacher that's walking with them. He's not just a cool dude who's popular. He's actually God incarnate. And this God incarnate is starting to talk to them about, and, and then we're when he's teaching them, they know that it is God in the flesh speaking to them. And, and he, we'll pick it up from verse 31 of chapter 8 of Mark. He, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But Jesus turned and looked at his disciples. He rebuked Peter, get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then he called the crowd to him and with his disciples and and said, whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? He's he's given probably his strongest rebuke in Scripture to his closest team. And the actual fault he finds with Peter is not that he... Spoke out of turn. It's not that he spoke rudely. It's not that he called him on something. It, it, his actual, the, he, the, he rebuked Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan. And then he clarifies, he clarifies what his problem was with what Peter said. He says, You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Other translations say appetites. It, it, it's you don't have His his, his rebuke, he called Peter's motive demonic. He said it was satanic. His motive that was contrary to God's thinking, God's appetites, God's concerns, God's way, he said it's satanic. And he actually, that was his problem. That was the actual problem was you're processing it from a humanistic perspective, not from God's perspective. And if Jesus is calling him on that, then the flip of it must be his way of walking with godly concerns, with godly appetites. This what I really want to screw down on this morning is to walk with a hope paradigm. You see, these guys had hope until Jesus said, "Hang on, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better." And they're like, "Uh-uh." And, and I just like, how often does God say to you, "It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better?" Like I don't care what hurdle it is, whether it's an act of obedience in whatever sh- way, shape, or form. For some people, it might be you've been asked to serve on the kids' team, and you're like, "Well, my Sunday morning is quite precious. That would mean giving up waking up half an hour earlier and make you know and going through lessons." Or for some people, it might be you're asked to share. Uh, to, to speak, and that is like, whoa, no, thank you. oh no, no, you seriously that one's is one that the number one fear of people in our culture is fear of public speaking. Number two is fear of death. Most people would rather die than speak in public. But what if God calls you to it? What if God calls you to that? You get better at it, you go through it. And then it's fine. And like Pastor Melch we had to wrestle the mic off her right then. <laughs> but that was her journey. It, it got worse before it got better. And God calls us to, to so often his way. Even if we look at just, just the very essence of nature itself, a, a seed has to fall to the ground and die before it shoots, it puts down roots, and sends up shoots, and produces much fruit. And we have to engage with this process of death. And resurrection. We have to. Yeah. This is godly. This is we, we, what we have to. What that involves though, what it involves is us letting go of control. Letting go of control. And, and this is really uh, what, what I really feel God's talking to us about this morning is giving up control. Yeah. And, and and the opposite of, <laughs> of us having control. And Buck, you don't have control. You never have control. People that think they have control do not have control. They've just got problems and they're annoying. Mel's the other day, she's like, you're such a control freak. And I'm like, me? <laughs> and she's like, I'm like, no, I am not, I'm not a man of faith. She's like, you got control issues. But we're in this place where so often we like to have things our way and do things our way, and God will call us otherwise. And, and uh, there's this passage in, in Proverbs, which I just really love. And, and I tried to just, pull, I wanted to pull out just one Two little verses, and they're so palatable. And memory, even a lot of us will even know them by heart. And as I'm trying to just pull them out and use them in it, isolate their context, uh, as I kept reading, I was just, I can't, I have to teach this whole thing. So, we're going to spend a little bit of time in Proverbs chapter 3 this morning a- a- and to try and wrap our head around getting a godly appetite to to, to to let go of our concerns and to take a hold of God's concerns. And it gets exciting because, to tell you what, God's number one concern is it's you. It's you, but it's his way. And, and so let's just have a look at Proverbs chapter three, and I'm going to start at verse five. And, and this is where I wanted to start. I wanted to do verse five and six and move on, but I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, "No, let's we'll work our way through this." Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Now this is where it gets challenging. This is where it's Peter. You're thinking like a man," he said. "Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil." He's saying to Peter, "Is exactly what he said to Peter. He's saying to us: Stop thinking you know it all. You don't. Take my take, take my opinion on board. Take take my opinion on board. Respect my opinion, please. Uh, and fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones." He's actually talking about, hey, guys, this is when you're starting to let go of your control. You actually start to inhale health. You're breathing in a better quality of life. Yeah. So and then he just goes straight to the just straight to straight everyone's number one control issue. He's like, oh, no, they're talking about money in church again. No, no, this is the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. You should be doing this in your own house. He's like, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. He's like, just straight away gets to the point. He's like, I know what most of your worries are. He's like, don't stress, guys. He's just talking about, don't, like, trust not on your own understanding. Do things my way. And then he's like, bang, right to the point. I know what you... He's like, your money. And it's just like, this is what the number one... Most divorces in 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 uh, our culture are from fights over money, stresses over money pressure. Yeah. Most uh, m- most problems that you have in life, most of your prayer list would be solved with a big fat check. You know it's true, and it, Jesus it, like the Bible's just boom right to the point. You know he doesn't muck around. Like he didn't muck around with Peter. Why would he muck around with you? And it's on, um, but then it says, "Then your barns will be filled to overflowing." And your vats will brim over with new ones. What was your problem in the first place? Lack. So God's saying, okay, your problem is lack. This is my solution to lack. Put me first in your finances. Then I solve your lack problem. It's like, Jesus, you don't know maths. <laughs> and then Jesus says, uh, it, the Bible says, well, yeah, yes, I do know maths. You put one seed in the ground, you have 30, 60, 100 fold come out. He yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I do know maths. My maths is better than your maths. And it's changing gears. It, it's swapping. It's swapping paradigms. It's when we're in this hopeless situation, God is saying, there is hope doing it my way. Uh, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. It's really bringing it down to, it's it's a relationship thing. God's like, hey, I'm not telling you to do stuff because I care about the rules. I'm telling you to do stuff because I love you of a plan for your life. I want to see you succeed. You're my child. The same as any parent in the house knows that y- that that's all you really want for your kids. You want them to be ha- healthy, happy, and, and living a fulfilled life. That's it. That, that's it. And, and God's no different. And, and that's all He wants for us. Is He wants you to be healthy. We read that already, remember? Nourished, bones, all of that business. Uh, provided for well. You, security. And, and then... T- fulfilled is is when we're actually starting to walk in our call and our purpose because the Lord uh, disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in blessed are those who find wisdom and who gain understanding blessed are those who change paradigms blessed are those who stop valuing what man values at the expense of valuing what God values blessed are those who choose to lay down their own understanding And lean on God and acknowledge Him in all of their ways. That's where we're able to click into this life that God has for us. For she, blessed are those who find wisdom and and gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. It's like... (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is a bit where, which is like the faith section of, of as we read through this passage. It's like, this is the bit where the seeds in the ground dead and not in your hand. It's like, whatever it is, whether God's asked you to sacrifice your time, whether God's asked you to sacrifice your emotional energy, whether God's asked you to sacrifice your finances, whether God's asked you to sacrifice opportunity, wh- wh- whatever it is, this is where it's in the ground, it's dead and it's buried and you can't see it. Where God is saying here, hey guys, Doing things my way is more valuable than all the stuff. It's more valuable than the stuff. It's more valuable than the outcomes that you're actually after. But having said all that, he goes on. It's more valuable than, uh, m- more valuable than Ruby. It's long life, nothing you can I can compare with her. Then it goes on. It says, long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace so like, hang on this doesn't mean you lose it just means do it god's way because jesus said i will die but then on the third day i will rise again they didn't mean they were losing jesus in peter's mind they were losing jesus Peter's mind, he couldn't wrap his head around the paradigm that God is so superior to the world system, and he refused to change gears in his mind, and he's kept thinking like a man, and, and, and Jesus is challenging him, stop thinking like a man, start thinking like God. Yeah. And, and he's calling him to this level of hope, to this realm of hope. That's that is—that's the gospel. It's, it's changing gears. It's just stop thinking like a man, he's saying to Peter. Stop thinking like a man he's saying to you and me. Stop thinking with merely human concerns, with merely human appetites. Get an appetite for what God wants in God's way. And, and then it goes on, and then it just starts to spill out all of the things. And so listen to this. She's a tree of life that those who take hold of her. It's talking about wisdom, talking about understanding. It's talking about the fear of the Lord. Uh, those who hold her fast will be blessed. Now, this is where it gets super cool. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation. and By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the clouds let, uh, clouds let drop their dew. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. What he's saying here, this is, and this is the nuts and bolts of it. What he's saying here is God has set systems in place. There are systems in place in the universe that he's inviting us to cooperate with. And uh, you know who I think the dumbest people are? Are the smartest people. Smart people are so dumb. No, seriously. Smart people are so dumb. They, or are dumb. People who think, let me rephrase it. People who think they're smart. People who think they're smart. Are so dumb. To have th- the thought that your opinion of the way it all works is the way is so arrogant and so ignorant that your tiny little peanut brain, and you know, an elephants got a bigger brain than you, your tiny little brain could comprehend the in the, 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 the workings of the universe yeah, yeah. with your tiny little lifespan based on your research from tiny other little lifespans and you now hold in your hand what is and what isn't. Yeah, yeah. That's dumb. That's dumb. To have I've had conversations with biologists who thought they have it all figured out and I'm uh, asking them just some pretty direct questions. Like, how... Did a rock become a monkey? And they've got no answers. But they've got it all figured out. But they have no idea. And and, and this is why the Word of God is so valuable. This is why the Scripture is the cornerstone of our faith. The Scripture says that Jesus is the Word and the Word is Him. The word, Je- Jesus in flesh was the word incarnate. It's this paradigm that, you know what, all of my experiences, all of my knowledge have to be submitted to what this book says. W- the passage we started with in, in, in Proverbs here was, lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways, submit to him. It's where Jesus said to Peter, I've got to go and I'll be back. Peter's like, no. And Jesus is like, you're a twit. You're a du- you're as dumb as the devil. <laughs> the devil got himself kicked out of heaven because he thought he could like rip off God and take the place over. Like that'd be like my dog trying to take over my house. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, and Jesus is like, this is you. And he's trying to move you and me to the paradigm of hope, to to move it, to move us to stop thinking about what we can control and how we can make it happen and how we can do all the things to make it the outcomes we're after and he says cool hey i want those outcomes for you too we just read so clearly the outcomes that god has for us that's my prayer list man health provision and actually goes on even good sleep it goes on about no fear of sudden disaster no fear uh, not worrying about stuff this is like Man, there's my prayer list. You read Proverbs chapter three, and that's your prayer list answered. But it's not answered by doing things your way. It's answered by letting go and 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 taking a hold of what God says and doing it His way. It's a shift. In first uh, in Colossians chapter one, this is this is the Apostle Paul wrote this, and he says, "We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you." because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard about it and truly understood God's grace. Paul's saying here, I thank God that you guys are getting it. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So let's just say the Holy Spirit is talking to the church in Colossian, in in the Colossian church. And he's saying, I'm so grateful that you're getting it. That you have this love and faith. But then he goes on and says, that love and faith springs from hope. That hope, because of what God has for you in the heavenly realms. That hope, because God has something separate from the world system, in His system, stored up for you, currently holding it for you. Because of that awareness, because of interacting with that reality, the hope of that, the confident expectation of that, produces faith and love. Faith and love come from hope. Hope comes from appreciating that God has... The, all the things that we need and hope for, want eternal life, including eternal life and everything less, stored up and holding it for us in heaven. This is, and, and Jesus is trying to get us to switch gears. He's like, stop trying to control your circumstances. Stop trying to control what I'm doing in your life. Stop trying to control the way I'm choosing to do this. Stop it. says, the last time someone tried to control me like this, I kicked him out of heaven. You're behaving like him. And, and he says this to Peter. But what he said to them was, I've got to die, but I'll be back in three days. The fact he came back in three days changed everything. And this is the Easter story was he went away. He had to die. He had to. He had to pay the price for mankind's sin. God is a just God. He can't just clear the books without evening the ledger. It doesn't work like that because of his justice. Because he's a merciful God, but he's a just God. Full punishment had to be paid for the crimes of humanity. Had to, because of God's justice. Jesus had to die for your sin and for my sin. He had to. No one took his life. He gave it. He gave it for your life to to, to pay so that you can enter into a relationship with God with a clear conscience. Pastor Adele spoke so amazing with the communion message. And there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation because Jesus paid it all. We just have to cooperate with it. We have to interact with it. Otherwise, we don't get the benefits otherwise we are still here trying to control stuff that is outside of our control anyway and all that's happening is we're losing sleep for s- like you guys have got homework this week read proverbs 3 the whole thing read it that's your homework pastor double check we'll make sure <laughs> as we're heading into this easter season this couple of weeks where we're just going to really we're going to celebrate what, what, what the cross did and, and how it touched earth 2,000 years ago, but how it's still touching earth today. I'm pretty excited for the way we've started, which is really like, let's get our head off the ground. This is something Pastor Malcolm always taught us was head in heaven, feet on the ground. This is how life works. Thinking God's thoughts, applying it to earth. And, and that, that's what Jesus was saying here. He's like, stop thinking like a man. Start thinking like God. God has got an amazing life for you, but it has to be done His way. It's like I've got an amazing, let's just say I bought a car for my kid. So I've got this amazing car for you, but you have to come to my house and hop in. You have to come and get the keys off me. Otherwise, the thing ain't going to work. And this is like this life God's called us to. Can I just ask everyone to bow their head? I'm going to pray. And, and what I'm, I'm going to pray is, initially we're just going to pray for anyone who's never made that decision to, to follow Christ, never made that decision to accept that forgiveness that Jesus died for, and includes you guys online. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm just going to ask a whole church to f- just to repeat after me. It's just a simple prayer, but I'm asking you to pray it from your heart and say, hey, include me in this prayer so just repeat after me church dear God thank you for sending your son Jesus to earth to die in my place Lord I repent for living life my own way wash me clean from today forward I live for you, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this while we're just in this, still staying in this attitude of prayer, if if you prayed that for the first time, and you know that was you, you, you were like, yeah, that that prayer was for me. I just would love it if you, just, you know, just slip your hand quietly, just in the air, quickly. Or if you're online, just just let us know. And we'd love to get some resources to you. And we'd love to pray for you personally. I'm going to pray for us as a church as well. Because I believe that this could be one of the most important messages that we'll ever hear. There's a... Really what we're talking about is what the Bible calls renewing our minds. A lot of you guys will know I've started doing some work with the homeless a lot. Um, and I was talking with a friend last night and she was saying how there was a homeless man that would stand on the corner near, where she, near her work and, and he had a sign saying, you know, I'm, I'm homeless, please give me money. And she was like, why, why can't he just go get a job? And I, I sat to remind her that we're there to celebrate Pastor Malcolm and, and, and the work he had done with Adult and Teen Challenge. But that program is a year-long program where a person will go in, they spend a year getting helped and discipled and, and getting free, and then they leave there changed. So you get these people who they don't have the capacity just to go and get a job. So much change needs to happen in their hearts. So much change needs to happen in their thinking before they're even in a place where they can... Comprehend some of the issues that are rap- that are involved in getting a job. So as we're discussing <laughs> this topic of stop thinking like a man and start thinking like God, it's not as simple as clicking our fingers and it all changing. It's a process of being of our minds being renewed. It's a process of getting to know God more and more. It's a process of allowing Him to just just one one thing at a time, replacing that way of thinking with his way of thinking. So I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to believe that God's just going to just supercharge our journey, but I, there is no quick fix for this. But there is a fix. I'm just going to pray that that, that God just, just keeps just giving us grace for this journey. Lord Jesus, we recognize that we fall short in our thinking so often, so often we catch ourselves thinking like a man, thinking like a human. The way we know we're thinking like a human is because we stress, because we worry, because we get bitter and angry, because we lose sleep, because we're afraid. Lord, we Make the decision by faith to not lean on our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we will submit our thinking to your thinking. We'll submit our opinion to your word. Lord, that you would give us a grace for this journey. And we repent for the places where we know that you've clearly told us things and we're arguing with you on them. Lord, we need your help to change in those areas because we've tried and it, we can't do it by ourselves. Lord, that you would so clearly show us the hope that you've, of the things you've got stored up for us, Lord God. And from that hope, faith would spring and love would spring in our hearts. And we would walk in the life you've got for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, isn't God good? But guys, I just want to, we're just going to worship and, and, man, do business with God. Do business with God. And, and we'd love to pray with you if you've got any needs in, in your life, any need healing in your body. God does that. We come up, we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll get you healed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship church. Let's just do business with God the Vicky head Lord.